Okay. Matthew 17, we're going to start in verse 14. Okay, Matthew 17, verse 14, introductory scripture. It says, uh, And when they were come to the multitude, there came uh, to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falls into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Uh, how long shall I suffer you? Uh, bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out from him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came Jesus to... Uh, sorry, then came the disciples to Jesus apart, or separately, uh, and said, why, uh, why could we not cast him out? And in verse 20 it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. All right, so... Um, uh, I'm not talking about praying and fasting today, uh, tonight rather particularly, but uh, nevertheless we know it's coming up on the weekend, a weekend of praying and fasting. And um, here the the point I just wanted to make um, here out of this is, this is where Jesus points the disciples to. Okay, we're in Matthew 17, verse 14 to 20, or 21 rather. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're reacting, the disciples are actually reacting to a situation which they cannot make work. They just can't make it work. And so they react to it, saying, how, can, how come we can't do this? And uh, Jesus, uh, you know, addresses this and he encourages his disciples to be proactive. He points them in the direction of praying and fasting. And as always, Jesus, um, sometimes when, and you've heard me say this often, is sometimes when you look at uh, the response of Jesus, sometimes you wonder whether he's answering the question or not. He seems to be on a totally different plane sometimes. You know, and I believe this is for a reason, and that's because he gets to the root of the issue. You know, um, he really does get to the root of the issue. And, um, and, and really, you know, uh, I guess the thing I just wanted to bring out here is, um, you know, as I say, he's encouraging them to look after their faith. He's encouraging them to get back to praying and fasting. <clears throat> he's encouraging them to build up this thing so that when you encounter difficulties or strongholds or things to overcome, uh, or challenging situations as we heard in the gifts then we've got the wherewithal to be able to overcome it uh, already you know uh, but, but so often with human nature what we tend to do is we tend to react to the situation in front of us maybe panic a little bit and then go back and wonder why it doesn't work so Jesus is just very simply just saying listen, uh, listen guys you know I see what's going on 
but get back to building your faith get back to praying and fasting uh, be proactive every day just building these things up and then what you will find is you won't uh, react in this way to this situation you won't be asking why how, how come we can't do it because if we've been proactive um with our faith then uh, we will be able to uh, overcome and conquer things in front of us to be proactive is to control a situation by causing something to happen rather than reacting to it after it's happened and really i believe that's what jesus is telling them don't react but be pro uh, proactive so uh, the the thing i want to uh, just uh, bring out from there is you know sometimes we try things if at first we don't succeed then skydiving's not for you think about that one um if if at first you don't succeed <coughs> try reading the instructions <coughs> try reading the instructions go back to the beginning it's what jesus is saying be proactive start at the beginning look after your faith uh, do that by praying and fasting um so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're just going to uh, go back very simply uh, and, and and try some of these instructions out. So we're going to go to Hebrews 4. Um, Hebrews 4. I haven't really got a title for the talk tonight, uh, but it is about the Word of God, strangely enough. <laughs> so maybe you might want to call it the Word of God. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 13, it says, Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is your life. Okay? Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is your life. She's your lifeline, basically. The word life in the uh, Hebrew there means it makes alive, it's fresh, it's strength, it's appetite, it's maintenance, it's merry, okay, uh, it's running and it's springing, okay, that's what uh, uh, she is thy life, the word life uh, literally means, so taking fast hold of instruction and holding on to it, and we're not talking about just any old instruction now, obviously we're talking about heavenly instruction it's got the ability to make us alive. We know that because we've been born again of the water and the spirit. It's got the ability to keep things fresh and new and exciting. It's got the ability to do that. Okay, it gi- It's the thing that which gives you strength in time uh, when you feel uh, that you've gotten them. It gives you appetite to go forward, to desire the things of the kingdom of God. Uh, instruction uh, helps you with your maintenance so often as you go on in in your walk in the law we need to address things or adjust things change things it helps us with that as well Uh, it brings merry joy happiness it brings running you want to press on you want to move forward when you've got instruction you want to do something with instruction because it spurs you on and finally, as that word means, springing. And the, the analogy it gives in the concordance basically is like a new shoot coming up out of the ground, life itself. You know, you're going to come out of, as it were, the darkness, out of the situation, out of under the cloud, and you're going to spring forth into this sort of this thing bursting with life and energy, you know. 
and um, these are all uh, sort of uh, all the fruits, if you like, of the benefits of taking fast hold of instruction because instruction can lead you to all those places and more. That's just a few of them, uh, as we mentioned. So, as I say, we're going to look at um, we're going to look at some uh, aspects about the Word of God tonight. If you remember the talk I gave a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, I mentioned. Um, how that the word of God is is like things, and I mentioned how the word of God is like a sword, and I said there was quite a few examples in the Bible of what the word of God was like, and I said I was going to do a talk on it. Well, this is the talk, uh, and so we're going to just look at a few examples tonight about how God relates his word to us, and obviously we get instruction uh, from that word. So we're going to start off with a very famous example, Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. So we know these verses, of course, we're well familiar with them. Uh, but let's just read them through. For the word of God is quick, uh, powerful uh, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner. Uh, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so here, uh, if you might remember the talk I did a little while ago, two-edged means literally two-mouthed, two-mouthed. All right, that's what it, that's what it means. In other words, um, uh, there's two edges to this. There's heaven and there's hell. We know this, there's right and wrong. I don't need to go into all the examples, but it's not its not basically saying one thing and to one person and saying one, uh, another thing to another person. That's not two mouths. That's snake behaviour, that. You know, it's snake behaviour. Snakes uh, speak with forked tongues, two things, you know. It's not talking about that. It's talking about how that when the word of God is spoken, there are always two sides to it right and wrong light and dark and so on and so forth okay and that is an instruction for us isn't it that is an instruction we need to know that uh, to be able to get the fullness of what the word means so here the bible says um that the word is like a sword again it's a very simple analogy really but it's a sword which is there's two things here it's a sword which is a divider and the discerner that's what it does it divides and it discerns okay and again this sort of theme from uh, from the proverb scripture about this making alive comes comes out in this one as well because it talks about the word of god is quick again it's the same analogy it makes alive it quickens us we were once dead in trespass and sin through the born again experience it makes us alive we find the reason to live you know, when you find, um, you know, people uh, uh, might not often say, but uh, they wonder what keeps us so young. Look, look at the person next to you. You know, some people don't believe that they are the age they are. But keeping you in the law, keeping yourself in the law, keeps you young. All the people said, "Amen." Good on you, Bob. All right. And <laughs> and it really does, you know, we we underestimate it, I believe, you know, but uh, nevertheless, it makes us alive, it's quick, is what it means, it's powerful. This word in the Greek, energy, energy, it gives energy, which is exactly what we read in the, in the book of Proverbs there. Um, you know, it talks about... Um, 
where it goes on about energy, it has its effect. It's got power to do things, to move things, not only in you, but in those around you who you speak to. Obviously, it's effectual is what it means. All right, without power, without energy, you can't move nothing. You know, but with energy and power, uh, anything is really possible when when uh, when you've got energy and power to it. It's interesting as well. It says sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, which pierces. I never really saw that one before. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. So it's sharp. Okay, we would understand that. Um, but it pierces. It pierces. Um, that's why it's a two-edged sword. I don't know much about swords, but if you were to look up all the language in the Greek again, uh, if it's sharp and it pierces, it means it cuts with a single stroke, is what it means. Not blows or hacking. Yeah, that's actually in your concordance. So you'll find with some swords and the way they're designed, they only have one cutting edge to them. You'll find them in the drawer in your kitchen. You know, it's hard to cut a block of cheese with the with the with the side which is not the cutting side. Might as well do it with a spoon. You'll be there all day, you know. Well, not quite, but um, you have to put a lot of yourself into it to to cut it. And um, you know uh, what you find is, um, as we know, um, uh, when things are sharp, they are designed to pierce. So it's to pierce, not to hack, not to blow. Um, um, you know, and uh, that's uh, that's very interesting. That because you're talking about we've heard all these sort of analogies before, but that's the kind of thing you get with surgery. Surgery is not uh, repeated blows. It's not hacking at the limbs or whatever. That's not surgery. Surgery is accurate and precise, and it pierces things. It gets into you. You know, and this is what the Bible is painting a picture of. It's life's that what it's saying here is the Bible, the Word of God, is life saving surgery. That's what it's basically saying. It makes you alive. There are things in us which need to be cut off to save our souls. And the log, if we take fast hold of instruction and we allow it to pierce us and penetrate us and reach into us, into the parts that need cutting and addressing, then it will save our souls ultimately uh, in the end of the day. Gives examples here. Um, is, uh, is the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and thoughts and intents. Now, I know they're all close together. Soul and spirit are close together. Joints and marrow are close together, and thoughts and intents are close together. Um, but what I noticed uh, today was they're all things which are inside. Not one of them is an outside thing. Not one of them can you see from the outside. You cannot see soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and intents on the outside. It's all inside. Okay, and I really like this because um, what this scripture is saying is it's a saw which divides and discerns surgically and it reveals what's inside you. When you react or respond to the instruction, it reveals what's in, inside you where no one else can see. Your reaction gives you away what's in your heart, you know. It's a very powerful thing that... Um, 
and it gives you away because suddenly what we find is when uh, uh, when we when the word of God uh, penetrates, gets into us, has its effect on us, it can have an effect on you straight away. Sometimes you've you've seen and I've known people to blow up there and then, not literally, obviously, but um, be a bit messy that. Um, don't get it on the carpet. <laughs> but you know what I mean. People have a reaction, you know. And um, really what that is doing is it's showing all those outside what's in their hearts. The Bible has the ability to do that. Because people say, you don't know what's in my heart. No, I don't know what's in your heart, but the Word of God knows what's in your heart. And I don't need to know what's in your heart. I just need to speak the Word. And however you react to that Word of God reveals to me and the rest of us where your heart really lies it's like an x-ray machine an x-ray machine basically is a machine that shows what's happening on the inside well that's like the bible that's what the bible does and it says here in verse 13 uh, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight so this works on every single person every single person there's not one creature where this doesn't apply not one person where it won't work it says there's no uh, not any creature that is manifest or made obvious in his sight but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do or give an account the lord reveals what's on the inside marvelous stuff very powerful stuff so this is why we're taking fast hold of instruction because it is it is our lives it is our life rather it is our lifeline okay uh, as i mentioned um you know if we allow the lord to do his work through his word um it will it will it will divide things for us it will discern things not only in you yourself when you make your choices, but perhaps it's a gift or a bit of fellowship with a brother or sister, or perhaps it's a testimony or the word from the platform uh, might have an effect on you. You know, and it shows, it, it shows when you react to that, it shows where you were at. We heard that in the testimony, didn't we? You know, we heard how Nikki was saying that she'd, she'd gone and a couple of sisters were giving her the Bible all night. She came home with a thumping headache, right? Is what she said sort in that sort of phrase. It had an effect on her. It had an effect on her, you know? And it was revealing what was inside. And she was resisting it. It wasn't until later... Sorry to use your mother-in-law, but um, it wasn't until later after she filled the Holy Spirit that she still had that fight in her because she, she didn't want to go back to what was it you didn't want to go back to England you wanted to stay there yeah so she was resisting things you know and it, it just shows you that um, uh, what is on the inside can be revealed by the word of God and the reaction on the outside is usually the way it happens that's how powerful the word of God is you know uh, make no mistake, you know, when you use it, uh, that's what it does. It reveals the inside. Let's go to Psalm 119. I probably spent too much time on that one already. I've got a couple more. Psalm 119. Supposed to be dipping in and out of these, but 
Uh, we'll do them as quick as we can. Psalm 119, you'll know this one anyway. Um, verse 105. Alright, so the word of God is like a sword which divides and discerns. Here it says, uh, Psalm 119, verse 105. These are all very famous verses. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Alright, another example. So the Bible instruction, scriptures, the word of God is like a lamp and a light. Okay, and uh, what I like about this... It, the the Bible's quite subtle in its way, but I was thinking, is it really saying the same thing? Thy word is like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I wonder wonder whether it's the saying the same thing, just saying it twice. I wonder whether there's a little bit more. I'll run this past you, right? Uh, is thy word is like a lamp unto my feet? Well, your feet are where you are. Very hard to be somewhere else without your feet. So wherever your feet are, that's where you are. So I think what it's what it's saying, his word gives us the ability to show us where we are currently at. That's what it does. It can show you where you are at right now, today, in this moment, if you're tuned in. Like the example we use on when you go into the shopping centre, you know, and there's a you look at the map on the shopping centre. We've used this analogy before. You've got a big red sticker saying you are here. You're there because that's where your feet are. Right? But that's not necessarily your path. Your path might be to the right, down down past B and M or H and M or B and Q or I don't know why they're always something and something, but you know, there's a path you've got to take to your destination. You've got to actually start where you're at. You've got to know where you're at first. So the Bible, um, it seems to be saying here, his word is like a lamp unto my feet. So it shows us where we are currently at. Are we in a good place right now? Are we in a place of peace or joy? Are we in a place of difficulty? Are we in a place uh, of overcoming or whatever the situation might be? What is the situation we are currently at? You know, where your feet are at. And then it says, uh, it's like a light unto me path. So your path is your journey. The path is where we should be, or we, where we ought to be, or where we want to end up. All right? Not necessarily your feet on that path right there and then. You know? Can we admit that? Can we see that? You know? When you stood in the shopping centre, you are where you are, where the big red dot is, you are here. But you've got to take action and choices as to get from that place where you currently are into the destination on the other side of the shopping centre where you want to be. That means you've got to put things in process. You've got choices to make. You've got to find your way. You've got to work it out in order to, if I want to be there and I'm already and I'm here, what have I got to change? What direction have I got to go in to be able to get to where I want to be? You know, and, and this is very important. The Bible will help us uh, with that. Uh, it's a bit like kids, you know. You notice when kids, I've done, I've done it myself. Not not now. I'm in my forties. I look a bit silly if I did it now, but. Um, Often, you, you know, when, you, when you're walking down the road with the kids, they usually walk not on the path, they're usually walking on the wall. You know, there's a garden wall, or we've, we've all done that. They walk on the wall, or they walk on the curb. They make a game out of it, you know. So what I'm saying is basically, you know, sometimes what you find is, you know, the path's there, but we're not necessarily on it. 
you know so there's two things that need to happen to be able to get us on that path is one we need to know where we are right now and then once we know where we are right now and where we ought to be if we need to adjust then we have to change our minds and our directions in order uh, to get there okay um yeah and the other thing that uh, really makes me think about this so because the word is like a lamp and a light um the principle is it illuminates where we are and where we should be those are the two things it does all right now the other thing is is the bible says in proverbs 4 verse 18 it says but the path of the just talking about the same analogy the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day beautiful verse actually so this actually uh, the impression I get on this one is it should the path should get clearer as you move forward the path of the just shines more and more unto the perfect day it should get more and more obvious more and more clearer as you move forward in the place we ought to be does that make sense right so here's the thing we can learn then if things are more confusing or we are more troubled then we can't be on the wrong path we can't be on the right path because it says this path is going to light up more and more and more it's going to be more obvious more light you begin to become more polarised in your decision to walk with the Lord. You know, it ought not to be confusing. You know, it should become more clearer as time goes on, as the path goes on. So if that's not the case, we're not on the right road, we can adjust. The Lord shows us where our feet are, and then we can make the right choices to change things. And if you find doesn't matter how long you've been in the law but if things are clearer now than they've ever been before then you press on and don't get distracted because you're on the right path the path of the just shines more and more if you if that means you know as we go on in the lord if we're on the right path we should be more set about meeting the lord in the air we should be more polarized in our decisions to stand for the lord you know uh, things should be coming more obvious to us and more clearer we, you know there's less confusion there we know what's what and we move that uh, move into that area which is right uh, obviously so it's like a lamp and uh, a lamp unto my feet shows us where we currently are and a light unto my path how to get there and we need to uh, obviously adjust things if we if we need to jeremiah 23 let's go there these are all different aspects of the the bible as we know and these are not all exhaustive so you know what might be a really good bible study is you know if you do a little bible study add to this list go through your bible and find out what is the word of god like how does god liken his word to what instrument because i reckon that'd be a really good study uh, i've picked out uh, four things tonight if i get the time to do them jeremiah 23 <clears throat> uh this is an this is another one here jeremiah 23 
It says, um, uh, Jeremiah 23, verse 29, it says, Is not my word like as a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Okay. A bit stronger, this one, isn't it? But it's really good stuff. You know, the word of God, as it says here, is like a fire and a hammer. Okay. Now, what I'm suggesting, first of all, is both are actually very useful. Both fire and hammers are very useful, okay? Uh, but they are destructive in the wrong hands or if used for the wrong purposes, yeah? So, you know, without the Spirit of God, we'll never understand the Word of God. And people use it to their own destruction. The Bible says that they wrestle with it to their own destruction, you know? So they are incredibly useful, um, essential for survival particularly, uh, but destructive in the wrong hands and for the wrong purposes. Uh, so we, you know, we observe that in the, the religious world. Um, the other thing I noticed, which I hadn't really noticed before in this one, was the hammer breaks the rock. That sounds really hard. <laughs> sounds painful. That the hammer breaks the rock. Um, so it gives it gives me the impression of quarrying. You know, when you travel this country, you, you go to quarries and you, and you see these places that have been, uh, you know, that have been sort of um, dug out of the hillside, if you like, for their slate. Uh, we were down uh, in on the south coast, as you know, last week, and uh, you see these places and uh, uh, quarries and so on. And they, what they're doing is they're extracting all these valuable things from the earth. What are they doing it for? For, for? for useful purposes. That's how we survive here on this earth. We get minerals and valuable things from the earth. We have to pull them out. You can't do that by tickling it with a feather duster. You have to get your hammer out and get in there, don't you? You know, And that's only the only way it works. So it's like a quarry picture, this particular one. Uh, in other words, the Bible is very effective at extracting valuable materials from the pit. From the pit, which is deeply embedded into the earth. What is it talking about? It's a bit like people of faith, isn't it? He's extracted valuable faith, as it were. Precious faith out of the pit of this earth. You know, um, what is it? He lifted me up from the deep miry clay. He extracted us out of it, you know. And he, what has he done that for? Again, for his useful purposes. He puts us to good purpose for his kingdom, you know. Um, but to be able to do that, he's got to get us out of the earth, first of all. He's got to get us out of the pit first to be able to uh, cause us to be useful, so, you know, uh, it makes sense, really. And um, uh, the other thing is the fire and the hammer, just both of them. These are two items which a blacksmith uses in his, in, in his forge, you know. And um, they use both fire and hammer in equal measure to create the perfect condition to allow the craftsman to mould and shape his creation, you know. 
and if they're used in equal measure it doesn't really have to use the hammer very hard at all because it's so moldable this precious metal so moldable because it's been in the fire that long so moldable it's just got to gently tap it with the hammer so even though on the surface it might look it might look pretty hard and I, I always say you wouldn't trifle with the Lord anyway but I think you know if we uh, if we are um, if we realize of course in his hands listening to the word of God yielding to the word of God changing as the word shows us to change and adjust then what we find is God is extracting us more and more out of this earth to use us for his own purpose he can only do that um, by measures which uh, which are quite strong if you like you know one of them would be separation would it not separation is a strong thing you know um but nevertheless you know uh if we uh, uh if we are considering ourselves to be in the craftsman's hands in the blacksmith's hands he's using a fire and a hammer we've just got to make sure we're moldable and then all he needs to do is give us a nudge all he needs to do is give us a nudge if we resist if we are hard well the truth will hurt us the truth will hurt if we if we harden ourselves to it so it's just good just to yield just to be soft just to be humble isn't it and the Lord can uh, work his wonders with us Ecclesiastes 12 last one So the word of God is a sword, which is a divider and a discerner. The word of God is like a lamp and a light. Uh, the word of God is like a fire and a hammer. Here we're going to read how that the word of God is like golds and nails. Golds and nails. It's an awesome toolbox, this, isn't it? <laughs> the word of God. Um, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 11. It says the words of the wise are as golds. Golds are basically a, a, a spiked stick, sharp stick, which um, which you use for stimulating cattle into action to go forward. That's what that's what it is, a gold. Okay, so we often might use this in the playground. He goaded me or she goaded me to do something. She kept prodding me to, you know. Um, poke my tongue out at the teacher behind their back or something don't do that kids by the way very dangerous kid t teachers have eyes in the back of their heads so let me just uh I speak from experience there so anyway <laughs> don't know why i said that but it's out now can't retract it um so gold as i mentioned um is it's stimulating cattle into action it also says, uh, and the words of the wise are as nails fastened by the masters of assembly. So the word of God uh, is like, are like nails, right? Not the things you put pink polish on them. We're not talking about those nails. Uh, we're, we're talking about proper nails there. And what do nails do? They join things together by securing them. You put one thing with another thing and you drive a nail through it, it fastens it so it doesn't move. You know, it's fairly straightforward, that. 
and uh, so those are the examples the Bible is giving that the Bible is like a little bit of a spike stick um, prodding us to action if you like okay and it's also like a nail which um, secures things together so I really like this because it goes on to say um, well let's read it again the words of the wise are like goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd so it's kind of a funny thing that it's talking about goads and nails none of which a shepherd uses so what you know it's you think what is it going on about but the thing that i got from it was we would all say amen i'm sure that the one shepherd is the lord you know the bible says in 1 peter 5 it refers to jesus as the chief shepherd the chief shepherd so we're talking about how um how jesus the chief shepherd is directing the masters of assemblies with instructions from his book for the field for the flock that's what it's talking about the words of the wiser as golds and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies okay which are given from one shepherd all right so i really like this because although there are many shepherds and many sheep it's basically saying the chief shepherd jesus being the head of church he directs it all it's all coming from him because it's his word okay and um and ultimately he's using every tool in his word at his disposable disposal to get the desired effect to get the desired effect uh which ultimately being a shepherd will lead us into green pastures and um ultimately the kingdom of god not only for ourselves but for others uh, as well and uh so what's goading and nail nails got to do with it well to me it's goading if you're using it to stimulate the act, uh, cattle into an ac action what you were doing is you were using it to direct them that's what it's for you direct them and what a nail does is as i mentioned is it secures things so really what the Lord is doing, even though he paints himself as a shepherd, using his word like a gold and like a nail, what he's basically showing us is the shepherd is directing the church and he is securing the church. How about that? That's a lovely little picture, isn't it? Directing the church beside green pasture and ultimately securing the church in salvation. That's basically what he's doing. So just to sum up, because I've run out of time, uh, the word of God's like a stopwatch as well. <laughs> um, I've just given you a few examples. You can use this for more of your study. Um, so the first one was uh, the word of God is like a sword, which is a divider and a discerner. So an example of that would be in 1 Kings 3. You can note these down for your own study. We won't go to them now. In 1 Kings 3, Solomon had two women in front of him both who claimed to be the mother of one child he was in a confusing situation you know he was in a confusing situation and what did he do he brought the sword out and it revealed the woman's hearts didn't it what was inside came outside and he knew there and then because of their reaction whose child it was and who it belonged to 
because he brought the sword out. So that's an example of the word being like a sword. Um, the word of God is like a lamp and a light. Well, it says in Matthew 17 that Peter, James and John saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain. It said his appearance was white as light. All right. And um, so perhaps Solomon was in a bit of a confusing situation. Well, that's where ultimately the Bible will divide and discern things so you can see how those things really are. Peter, James and John, perhaps they were unsure about who Christ ultimately was and God gave them a proper manifestation uh, to convince them, you know. And uh, again, uh, it's like a lamp and a light unto our feet. So in, in other words, you know, we don't need to be unsure. We can be sure-footed. We know where we are. We know where we're going. You know, that's the antidote to being unsure. Um, in Jeremiah 20, uh, we, we looked how the, the Bible uh, is like a fire. It says in Jeremiah 20 how the word was in Jeremiah's heart uh, was like a, a fire burning up, shut up, closed up in his bones, and he couldn't, he couldn't resist its power. He'd actually stopped talking about the Lord. He said that the word was like a fire in him. He just couldn't, he just couldn't keep it in. So perhaps Jeremiah at that little stage was a little bit uncooperative, uh, but the Lord showed him um, uh, through the fire that was in him, the word that was within him, of course, that he, 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 uh, he basically wanted to use him for his purposes, for his great purposes to speak to the nation. And finally, just to finish off on, in Acts 9, um, just referencing how the word of God is like golds and nails, um, we find Saul, rather. Saul was resisting Jesus and the church. And Jesus appeared to Saul, as we know in Acts 9, and he said, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you kicking against the pricks? So finally what we find is Saul was resisting and uh, the chief shepherd appeared, if you like, and um, he was basically saying, you know, I'm trying to put you in a certain direction. You're fighting against the gold. You're fighting against the direction I'm trying to lead you in. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Let me lead you, and you will lead you on to, into eternal life. So there's an example of all four. Interesting study. You can do the rest for homework. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to have some prayer. Um, we've got quite a big prayer list, as you, you might gather. Uh